fucking people. Amen. I did not know that we were starting. I apologize. Well, good morning, and we are so thankful you are with us on this Resurrection Sunday to worship the Lord. We may not be here, but the church is alive, and Jesus Christ is alive. And we're going to open our live stream service this morning by singing a hymn that we're all familiar with. Sing if you're home, you know the words, sing it out. Christ the Lord is risen today. Christ the Lord is risen today, hallelujah. Sons of men and angels say, hallelujah. Raise your joys and triumphs high, start our service and then Pastor Dewana has some information to give you and some other things here in a moment. God we're so thankful that Jesus Christ is alive. We're thankful for this Easter Sunday and uh, even though we're not able to gather together Lord we are together and we're thankful that we're two or three are gathered together. You're in the midst and we've come to worship and praise the living God. And so Lord I pray that you just watch over everything that we do and everything that we say and I pray that we might be renewed in our spirit. We might experience an anointing and a touch from God and from heaven. And uh, Lord, I pray that if anyone who's listening is not saved, that they'll consider Christ. Uh, they'll surrender a life to the Lord and realize because He lives, they also too can live. And so God bless our time together today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I just want to take a couple of minutes um, just to go over. We have finally had our online giving uh, set up, and I just wanted to take two or three minutes just to go through the process. For those of you that may not be familiar with it, um, I did post some information on Facebook. The instructions are there, so you can look on Ocean County Baptist Church Facebook page, and you can find the instructions there. Um, but very briefly, there's two ways you could do this. Number one, you can go on the church's website. If you go on ocbcministries.org, uh, there will be a link to the right. If you look at the menu bar at the right, you'll see a, a link that says Give. And when you click on that, it'll open up a giving page, and you'll see a button right in the middle that says Give. When you click on that, it'll open up a separate page to the online giving uh, provider that we are using. Now, there's a couple of ways you can do this. You can either 
give a one-time offering. Uh, you don't require a login or anything like that. Or if you want, you can create a profile, create an account, and when you do that, it'll allow you the ability to be able to give recurring payments, so you can set it up so it's taken out on a weekly basis. Um, you can save your payment information, whether it's through your bank or through your credit card, and um, this way you don't have to put the payment information in uh, week after week. Uh, the other way to give is through the mobile app. Just go to uh, either your Google Play Store or the Apple Store, download the app. It's called Give Plus, give with a plus sign, okay? Look it up, install the app, and when you do so, when you first log in, when you first open the app, go search for the church. You can either search for it by name or by zip code. Make Ocean County Baptist Church a primary church. And then, just like on the website, you can either create an account or you could do a one-time offering. Again, the same benefits. If you do create the account, you'll have the ability to save your payment information. You'll be able to set up recurring payments. You cannot set up recurring payments um, if you don't create an account. Or you could just do a one-time offering. Uh, the, other, uh, the other benefit is you can give any time during the week. So it doesn't only have to be on Sunday. You could do it Monday, Tuesday, whatever is your preference. Um, if you have any questions, please email the church, leave a, f a message with the church, and I will try and get back to you as quickly as I can and provide the message or the information that you will need. To do that, uh, you can always message us through Facebook as well. So, ho ho as well. so hopefully that will be a help to you. That is available now, and you are free to use that. I think at this time we have a video presentation that we are going to show, so I will turn it over to them. from Pastor Anthony and Haley. Good morning. This is a Resurrection Sunday, and no matter what happens or what we're going through, we still have a resurrected Savior. And I hope you guys are enjoying your Easter. It saddens us that we can't be in church on Easter Sunday, but we figured we'd do something special for our Easter service. So we're going to have just a compilation of videos of different families just saying hello, really just so we can feel more connected as a church and we can see each other. I know we we personally miss, you know, being at church and seeing everybody and saying hello. And so we just figured this would be a good special video for you guys. And we hope you have a great Easter. If you need any, if you need anything, please let us know. Happy Easter, Happy everybody. Easter. Hi, Ocean County Baptist Church. Happy Resurrection Day. We love you and we miss you and we can't wait to get back. But praise God, because he lives, we have tomorrow. Love you all. Good evening. Good morning. Jim and Cheryl Nord here, wishing you a happy Easter. Since we're going to miss the cantata, I thought it'd be a marvelous idea if I would sing a solo for you, but I figured there's been enough pain and suffering. That's right, honey. Thank you. Another thing we miss is going to the nursing home. We just ask that you pray for them as they have been hit hard with the virus. We love each and every one of you and hope to be together as one big church family soon. Happy, Happy Easter. Easter. Hi, Ocean County Baptist Church. This is the Pure Ascending family. We're hoping that everything is well in your family. We're praying for you guys. Hoping to have a great Easter. We're hoping that we're back in church real soon, and we're very grateful for live stream. And we are also thankful to serve a risen Savior today and that he will reign forever. And I am thankful for being home from college. Yay! Happy, Happy Easter. Easter. Hey, everybody. Hi. We hope you have a good Easter. Be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. 
everybody, it's Kenny and April from down in Bayville, New Jersey. Just letting you know that we're all doing well. Quick update on the family. Trevor is serving in Germany in the United States Army, and he's not doing much since the base has been locked down, so he's nice and safe there. And John Michael is serving the community at the Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital in New Brunswick. He's on the front lines fighting this battle. We ask prayers for him as an EMT. We just want to say that we miss you and look forward to seeing you soon. We miss you all, and hopefully we will see you soon. Have a happy and blessed Easter. Happy Easter from the Umbergers. Hope everybody's healthy and safe. Thank you, Pastor and Pastoral staff, for having a live stream. We miss you all. Hi, Ocean County family. We're the Caminos, and we want to wish you a very happy Easter, blessed Resurrection Day. I'm Nick, this is Lucy, and that's Barney. We love you all. Hello, Ocean County Baptist Church. We're alive and well, all bunkered down. A little cabin fever, but we're doing well. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Hey, everyone at OCBC. We're the Kennedys. I'm over here visiting my parents in a social distancing type way. Notice that here. With <laughs> my new puppy copper so we wanted to say hi mom and dad what did you want to say happy easter happy easter all you we're doing well it's great to be alive great to be safe god is faithful see you bye happy resurrection sunday we miss you all we hope you're all safe from the coronavirus we know where we are we're staying safe and healthy and we're enjoying our time together as a family god bless Hey guys, how you doing? We just want to wish you a happy Easter and um, hope to see you guys soon. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Hello, Ocean County Baptist Church family. Hi, how are you? Well, we just miss everybody and we just want to tell you that we love you and we'll be seeing you soon. Yeah, I miss everyone being together and singing together. Can't wait to come back together. Okay, and just remember, this will pass. We've been through a lot in the past, and we'll get through this. Amen to that. Bye. Morning. Happy, Happy Resurrection, Resurrection Day. Day. Hello from the Perez family. We're all doing well. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for allowing us to come into your home this Easter morning. We just love you all and wanted to share that with you. We miss all of you and can't wait to get back and see all of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And now on with Pastor's message. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Appreciate that, Jessica. We're going to look at John chapter 20. John chapter 20. And I want to share a message entitled, Behold Our God. Uh, we had planned on, for Easter Sunday, having our choir uh, do an Easter musical, which we entitled, Behold Our God. And uh, it's, I was taken from a song that's entitled, Behold Our God. And uh, I would uh, uh, challenge you, encourage you today sometime, you can go on YouTube and look up that. There's a, uh, um, several different choirs that do that song, but Behold Our God. And uh, listen to that, watch it on YouTube, and I know that'll be an encouragement for you. Every time I watch it, I start crying. And uh, it's such a great, great song, and I want to share this message, and along with that, uh, uh, this matter of beholding our God. And certainly, Jessica, your song went right along with my message. I appreciate that. Appreciate you coming over to sing for us this morning. John chapter 20 and verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I see uh, in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. And then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. Be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to uh, be able to read the Word of God, to be able to study it together. Uh, thank you for this time that we can uh, gather together with our families in a time of worship and praise of the Lord. Uh, not just to sing songs and enjoy special music, but Lord, to be able to study the Word of God together. And so, Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you'd speak to each of us in a special way this morning. Uh, Lord, we come before you as a needy people. and We're in need of grace, we're in need of mercy. Uh, we need to know the living God. And so, Lord, will you please speak to us in a special way this morning as we behold our God. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 27 is our text verse. Then uh, saith he to J Thomas, Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. And I just thought of that phrase right there, behold my hands. In John chapter 1 and verse 14 it says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. And it says, We beheld his glory. The glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so this matter of beholding our God, uh, John would acknowledge the fact that uh, the glory of all that God is was seen in the face of Jesus Christ. As you come to the end of the Gospel of John, and they're uh, recording for us the, the resurrection encounters with Christ, he would acknowledge that, that Thomas, you need to behold the hands of Christ. He's literally challenging him to behold his God. And we need to behold our God. You know, on Palm Sunday, we celebrate the triumphant entry of Jesus Christ into the city of Jerusalem to be presented as a king. Uh, he was a king that was far different than other kings that Israel was accustomed to. 
He certainly was not a king like Saul that would be disobedient. Uh, he certainly was not a king like David who would be consumed with loss. But rather he would be the son of God who came into this world to die for sinners that we might be able to be saved. Behold our God. In Luke chapter 23 and 35 it says, And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also that derided him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he be Christ, the chosen of God. And certainly those that were standing around as Jesus was uh, being crucified on the cross are acknowledging, without even realizing they're acknowledging, the fact that he must behold the Son of God. Mark chapter 15 and verse 39, and says, And when the centurion, which stood over against him, saw that he so cried out and gave up the ghost, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. The testimonies of those who encountered Christ was always coming to the conclusion uh, that he was God. And so we behold our God. Romans chapter 1 and verse 4 says, And declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. Uh, declared, it means to be revealed or so stated that he was the Son of God. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 20, says, We know that the Son of God is come, and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. And so beholding our God is acknowledging the fact that as Thomas would behold the hands of Christ, as John would acknowledge that we beheld his glory, as the crowds would witness the crucifixion of Christ, and as the writers of the New Testament would pin down their experiences about who Christ is, they all come to the conclusion that we must behold our God. We need to see who he is. We need to acknowledge who he is. We need to experience who he is. He was crucified, died, and was buried but in Matthew 28 and 6, it says, He is not here, for He is risen, as He said. And so, beholding our God is looking at Christ in the reality that He was God in the flesh, who died for sinful man, was crucified, dead, buried, rose again, ascended up on high, and hallelujah, He's coming again for us. So, beholding our God. First of all, if we're going to behold our God, we need to behold His teaching. His teaching. Uh, first of all, we see that in his teaching, we experience the reality that he is the creator of all things. Over in John chapter 1, and uh, just a few chapters over, you don't have to turn very far, but John chapter 1 helps us to understand that we need to behold the glory of God and behold the reality of Christ being God because he is the creator of all. In John chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was, in the, was the light of men. The amazing uh, concept is that Jesus Christ uh, never uh, shied away from the reality that He was the creator of all things. 
You know, in the beginning, it says in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And when the begin, in the beginning, it says in John chapter 1, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it says all things were made by Him. And so the teaching of Christ, we behold our God in, re, in reference to who Christ is because we look into the face of the divine creator of all that we see. You know, God said he was going to create man in his image. And uh, how wonderful it is to know that every individual that is conceived in the womb is a divine creation of God. And God has created that individual in his image. We look in the world that we live in and we wonder and we contemplate about uh, climate change and global warming and all these different things and going on. The reality is that Jesus Christ created all these things. He created this universe in which we live in. Uh, it literally, Paul tells us in Colossians chapter 1 that all things consist or continue on because of Jesus Christ. And so we need to look at Jesus as not a mere baby that was born in a manger or a teacher or a prophet. We look at him for the reality of who he is. We behold him as our God. And it's confirmed every Easter Sunday when Jesus, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the grave that, listen, the creation cannot control or hold Jesus Christ Death in the grave has no control or hold on Jesus Christ because Jesus is the life. I am the resurrection and life. He that believeth in me, though you are dead, yet shall he live. And so we see the understanding beholding our God in reference to the fact that he is creator of all. He is not only a creator of all, but he is before all, or we could say he's before Abraham. As Jesus would deal with the Pharisees and the scribes, the Sadducees, and they would boast about the fact that they had Abraham as their father. And Jesus would reveal to them, before Abraham was, I am. I am is another word for Jehovah. He is the all-existing one and needs nothing to exist. Before Abraham was ever born on the face of this earth, Jesus Christ was already in existence. That's why it tells us in John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word, uh, no, word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, the same was in the beginning with God. It identifies the re eternality of Christ, the sovereignty of Christ. And so when we talk about beholding God, we're told, talking about looking at Jesus Christ and understanding that He is the creator of all and that He is before all. But besides that, we also see Jesus Christ as being one and the same with the Father. In John chapter 10 and verse 30, Jesus said, I and my Father are one. And uh, the acknowledging statement there is that literally they are one and the same. Uh, the, Jesus Christ is a complete harmony in the Godhead with God the Father. And he's exactly the same as God the Father. Uh, one is not superior to the other or inferior to the other, but they are one and the same. John chapter 17, Jesus outlines for us a great prayer of intercession that he has for his disciples and for those that would follow in faith uh, after them. In John chapter 17 and verse 1, he says, These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come, glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. 
I just see that mutual interaction, a mutual relationship of the Father and Son together. The Son is glorified in the Father as the Father is glorified in the Son. In verse 2 it says, And as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. And so we see the instruction of Christ is very clear, not just in reference to, in, in reference to creation and not just in reference to eternity, but in reference to being God in the flesh. And uh, he, when he came on this earth, he never ceased being God. And, uh, and he was 100% man while being 100% God at the same time. That's why he could state and say, I and my father are one. And when he said that, the Pharisees understood exactly what he was saying because from that time forward, they were seeking how they could destroy him. And so behold our God, he is one with the father. But also the teaching of Christ instructs us that he is the only way to heaven. In John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And so there's only one person that can get us into heaven, and that is Jesus Christ. He is the one who died on the cross. He is the one who sacrificed himself. He is the one who came into this world seeking to save that which was lost. And if we are going to go to heaven, then it's going to be through Christ and Christ alone. Oftentimes people will say, well, that's just your Baptist teaching. No, it's not my Baptist teaching. It's what the Word of God has to say. It's what Jesus has revealed. And when we talk about beholding God, I have to behold God or gaze on God, understand God in light of the fact that there is redemption and salvation and the open door to heaven only through Christ and Christ alone. And so we behold our God by examining the teachings of Jesus Christ. Not only do we see his teachings, but we see his healing. You can look over in Matthew chapter 9, considering some healings. We certainly cannot look at all the passages and all the experiences that Christ uh, had with encounters with people to heal them. But I see his healing revealed. Every miracle Jesus did, did it for the purpose of revealing that he was the Son of God in the flesh. In Matthew chapter 9, we see him healing a woman with an issue of blood. In Matthew chapter 9 and verse 20, it says, And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be made whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. The amazing thing is that when Jesus heals this woman, he heals her completely when no one else could do anything for her. The Bible tells us that she has spent all that she had trying to get healed and trying to be delivered from this disease that she had. But when she touched the hem of the garment of Jesus Christ, she was immediately healed because she had faith to believe that Jesus was God in the flesh. She had faith to believe that Jesus Christ could heal her. 
And I just know this, we need to have faith when we're facing tragic times to believe that God is still in the business of healing. We can still turn to Jesus Christ and know that when uh, the doctors give us a bad report that Jesus Christ can enter in and give us a good report. And we behold the God of heaven who has the ability to heal. And so we see Jesus healing in this woman with an issue of blood. We see Jesus healing with, in reference to this woman who was caught in John chapter 8 uh, in adultery. I'm always amazed that they come and they accuse this woman before Jesus for committing adultery. And they say that she was caught in the very act. My always, my question is, the follow-up question is, well, where is the man that was with her? Because the reality is, if she was caught in the act, there would be a man with her. But anyway, the Pharisees bring this woman to Jesus because they want to condemn her. And yet Jesus Christ wants to heal her and give her a new life. In John chapter 8 and verse 11, she, uh, well, let's back it up. We'll look in uh, verse 8. It says, and again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground and they that what, uh, which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one beginning at the eldest and uh, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone with a woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he saith unto her, Woman, where are those thine that are accusing, uh, accusers have no man condemned thee? And she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. See, as he gave this woman new life who had the issue of blood, who was in fear of death and fear that she could not be healed, he gives this woman who is caught in a sinful act new life because of the fact, I believe with all my heart, that he is writing down on the ground the sins of the men that were standing there and accusing her. You know, we don't have to worry about people who accuse us because of the fact that it's Jesus Christ that forgives us. And if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so this woman who is called in adultery, brought to Jesus Christ, experiences new life because God in heaven has the ability to forgive sins. And he forgave her sin. He released her from the bondage of this sin and tells her to go and sin no more. God would never tell us to do something that we cannot do. And so we see the healing of Jesus in the woman with the issue of blood and the woman that was caught up in adultery. In John chapter 9, we see John chapter 9 and verse 35, the blind man given sight in John chapter 9 in verse 35. It tells us in verse 35, Jesus heard that they had cast him out and when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? And he answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh to thee. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Well, Jesus came to this man, he was blind. Uh, he had no hope of being able to see, but Jesus would give him his sight. 
Uh, the Pharisees once again would be upset because of the fact this man was healed and they would question the individual in reference to the individual who brought the healing. And uh, this, the, the accusations that went against Christ, they said he's a sinner. The blind man said, I don't know if he's a sinner or not. All I know is he said he gave me sight. And then he comes to Jesus and Jesus meets with him and Jesus just simply tells him, you need to believe on the Lord. You need to believe on the Son of God. And this blind man is now able to behold God. I thought it was interesting in verse 37 that Jesus said to him, thou hast both seen him. This man was blind. This man couldn't see anything. But it was Christ who healed him. It was Christ that opened his eyes. And he wanted, can you imagine that, that you cannot see and that God would open your eyes and the first thing you see is the Lord standing in front of you. You know, I often think of folks that are blind in this life and that are Christians. You realize the first thing they'll ever gaze on, the first thing they'll ever see with their eyes will be Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, John says, we will be like him for we'll see him as he is. What a glorious experience as Jesus Christ brought healing in this blind man's life. And he said, you've seen him. And he said, you talk to him that you talk with is uh, he. And he said, I believe. And he worshiped him. What happened? Because of the fact that he was healed, he beheld the glory of God. He beheld the Son of God. And so behold our God in his teaching. Behold our God in his healing. Uh, behold our God in his rebuking. Uh, we see first of all that he rebukes the storm. And because he rebukes the storm, he brings peace to man. The disciples are on the ship. They're tossed to and fro as the wind is blowing and the waves are boisterous. And in Mark chapter 4 and verse 39 it says, He arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. You know, the things that overwhelm us with fear and agitate our soul can be brought to a position of great calm and peace because of the fact it is Christ that rebukes the storms in our life. It is Christ that rebuked the winds and the storm as the disciples were in the ship and they experienced a great calm and a great peace. You may be this morning troubled in your heart and your soul. You may be discouraged this morning because the storms of life are overwhelming you. But I want you to know this, that Jesus has the power to speak peace in the midst of the storm. And so he rebukes the storms. You know, he rebukes the devil. Uh, when he rebukes the devil, over in Matthew chapter 17, when he rebukes the devil, the devil flees from him. You know, sometimes we have problems with demonic influences. Sometimes we feel that is the devil that is attacking us. He is an enemy uh, that is a worthy enemy, but he cannot stand against Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 17 and verse 14, it says, and when they were come to the multitude, there came a certain man kneeling down to him saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic. I think sometimes my mom and dad, when I was growing up, thought I was a lunatic. But anyway, that's okay. I'm glad the Lord is there to heal us and change us. He says this, the Lord have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic 
and sore vexed. For oft times he falleth into the fire and oft times into water. And I brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. I'm thankful that when we talk about beholding our God, that we live for and serve a God whom the devil cannot stand against. When the devil in heaven said, I'll be like God, God rebuked him and cast him out of heaven. When, Je when Jesus was tempted of the devil, Jesus would quote the word of God to him and he would have to flee from Jesus. When this man's son that was possessed of a demon and had no hope, and even the disciples of Christ could not do anything to release him from the power of this devil, Jesus Christ rebukes the devil and he departs from him. I'm thankful that I can behold the power of my God in the fact that Jesus can rebuke the demons of hell. And so he rebukes the storm that brings peace. He rebukes the devil that flees. And then I know in Luke 22 and 62, he rebukes man, he weeps. You know, Peter was warned by Jesus he said, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. You know, oftentimes God reveals things to us in the scriptures of what is dangerous in our life. And we just ignore it. And literally Peter would rebuke the Lord in reference to that. And Jesus would reveal to him that no, before the cock crow, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter, in that time of turmoil, in that time of distress, in that time of discouragement, that time of uncertainty, that time of visually being able to witness the brutal uh, treatment of his Savior and his God, Jesus Christ, literally denies the Lord for three times. And it says that the Lord looked at him and he went out and wept bitterly. You know, I remember as a kid, my dad didn't have to say anything to me. All he had to do was look at me, and I knew I was in trouble. Think of this, the eternal God of heaven's eyes, piercing eyes, eyes of a flaming fire, looking at your soul. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. And so we see, we behold our God when we understand Christ's teaching, his healing, his rebuking, and then, of course, his dying. His dying on the cross was for the purpose of redemption. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7 it says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. I'm thankful that we can behold our God as he's hanging on the cross dying for the sins of the world. I'm thankful that as he hung on that cross and his blood was shed, he was paying sin's penalty. He was paying sin's cost. He was redeeming my soul and your soul. And so we behold our God as we witness the dying of Christ on Calvary. Not only is there redemption, but there's reconciliation. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 17 says, Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto the, his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God and to make reconciliation for the sins 
of the people. You know, I've had to deal with a lot of people over the years and try that where there's conflicts and opposition and try to get people to be reconciled one towards another. I've done marriage counselings and I've told husbands, you need to forgive your wife. And no, they are not going to forgive their wife. Well, you know, wife, you need to forgive your husband. No, I'm not going to forgive. You need to be reconciled. No, I'm not going to stay together. I've had church members just get at odds with one another and not willing to reconcile all things. But here we were an enemy of God. Here we were bound in our sin. But Jesus Christ dying on the cross not only redeemed us and purchased and bought us, but he had reconciled us back to God. Those that have been born in sin and separated from God now can walk in fellowship with God. Behold our God. I see redemption. I see reconciliation. And of course, his dying involves the resurrection. 1 Peter 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I love how Peter says that, to a lively hope. You know, I'm sure Peter was feeling dead in his soul after he denied the Lord three times. I'm sure when that cock crew and he realized that what Christ had rebuked him about was actually taking place, I'm sure he felt that he had no value or worth anymore. But wait a minute, because Jesus Christ died and was buried and he rose again, because he arose out of the grave, then we have a lively hope. And I'm going to tell you, Peter would be able to stand up and preach on the day of Pentecost because of the lively hope he had in seeing the resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ. We talk about beholding our God. We have to see him dying for us, providing redemption, reconciliation, and experiencing the resurrection. Well, it not only is dying, but we have to consider his coming. His coming. In uh, Acts chapter 1, we read of, of God, uh, well, I should say uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, ascending up into heaven. You know, he arose out of the grave and he was with his disciples and others that he revealed himself to for 40 days. He walked on the face of this earth before he ascended into heaven. But the coming of Jesus Christ is going to be, he's going to be coming in the clouds. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 11 it says, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. Oh, I'm thankful uh, that Jesus Christ has promised that he would come again. And I'm thankful that the Bible helps us to understand that he's, as he went to heaven, that's how he's coming back. He's going to be coming in the clouds of the air and so that he might be able to take us up in the glory. And so we celebrate the resurrection of Christ because it affirms the reality that he's coming again. I, I really feel full-heartedly I agree with John in Revelation where John said, even so come Lord Jesus. I remember back when I was in Bible college, a lot of preaching was going on on Bible prophecy back then in the early 80s. And uh, well, I'll tell you, all I thought about was the rapture was going to happen before I got out of Bible college. And I, I literally, I did pray, Lord, just tarry for a while. Let me get out and go preach for a little while. And I wasn't too excited about him coming at, at that time in my life. 
But hallelujah, now I understand it. It's all, it's all right with me if he comes right now. Uh, things that I've seen, things we've experienced, things that we've gone through, the uncertainties for tomorrow. I'm ready for the trumpet of God to sound and Jesus Christ that comes in the clouds uh, as uh, was promised in Acts chapter 1. His coming is not only in the clouds, but it's for the believers. In Matthew chapter 24 and 40, it says, Then shall two be in the field, and one shall be taken, and the other left. Uh, the alarming thing is this, when Jesus Christ comes, if you have not had faith in Christ, uh, you're without hope. Uh, you're, you have no, no opportunity to be able to go to heaven at that time. Uh, the, the, the problem is this, if you're without Christ, when Jesus comes, he's only going to take those that are believers to heaven. And if you're not saved, oh my, how you're going to have to suffer going through the tribulation period. Oh, how you're going to have to suffer when you have to deal with all that's going. You think it's bad in this world right now. This is nothing compared to what it's going to be like after the church is raptured. After Jesus Christ comes and takes us to glory. When all of a sudden one day you're going to look and the person next to you is going to be gone. Uh, because Jesus Christ came and captured us out of this world and uh, took us up to glory. He's coming for believers. He's not coming for the unbelievers. And so when we celebrate the resurrection of Christ, it reminds us that we behold our God in reference to his coming again. He's coming in the clouds, he's coming for believers, and he's coming for a grand reunion. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 16, it says, If the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the air, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. You know, it's an amazing thing this, that the promise of Jesus' return is that we're going to experience a great, grand reunion when we get to glory. I think my mom and dad are both in heaven. My mother-in-law's in heaven. Uh, what it's going to be like when we be able to see them again in heaven. Uh, my great-grandmother, I never understood what was about her. I was just a little kid when I used to go over to her house. And I just knew there was something different about her. Oh, she was a Christian. And I never knew that. And I, ne I never understood that. And uh, I have her Bible. And I went to Bible college. My mother gave me my great-grandmother's oh, Bible. And I can read through that and see her notes, how she got saved and uh, how she went to revival meetings. You know, it's going to be a grand experience when I'm able to see my great-grandmother in heaven. I remember an old woman in my home church when I got saved. Uh, I mean, she was just a short little thing. She would probably about four feet, six inches maybe. I don't know. She was short. And uh, we started the church. When I started the church, she said she would come play piano for me. She must have been close to 80 years old then. But she came up and she played piano for my first church service that I ever held. And the night before, uh, she came over to me. She was at my house. She told me this. She said, Michael, sit down. Uh, she said, you're too big to sit on my lap, so I'm going to sit on your lap. And so she had me sit down and she came over and sat down on my lap, put her arm around my neck. Her eyes turned red. And welled up with tears. She said, you know, Michael, when you were born, she said, you were just a little tiny thing. 
She said, when you were born, I held you in my arms. And I said, oh God, use this baby to be a man that will preach the word of God and use him in a great way. And she wept as she sat on my lap and shared those promises. What a day it's going to be to be able to see her in heaven again. Uh, I know she's in the presence of God. If God has been able to do anything in my life, I'm going to tell you right now, it's because of prayers of old women like that. I know this this morning. When we talk about beholding our God, we're talking about the God who came in the fleshly robe of man. We're talking about the God who offered himself as a sacrifice, suffered beatings and ridicules and mockings and died on the cross, shedding his blood so that man could be saved and was buried and hallelujah, three days later, arose out of that grave victorious. And because he arose out of that grave victorious, death has no hold on us. We may have to go to heaven by way of the grave, but I'll tell you, your body's not gonna stay in the grave. Because when the trump of God sounds, the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Behold our God. That's the God we're talking about. I'm not talking about a God that I have to carry around as an idol. And the only thing he can do is go where I move him and where I place him. I'm not talking about a God that demands that you sacrifice everything so that he might be exalted and lifted up and glorified and you have to do everything for the God that's a false God. I'm talking about a God who sacrificed everything that he might be able to save us and do everything for us in our life. When I talk about beholding God, I'm talking about a God that didn't come into existence by the thought process of man, but rather man came into existence because of the creativity of God Almighty. I'm talking about a God that created everything, sustains everything. I'm talking about a God that possesses life in his hands. I'm talking about a God. Hey, I'm talking about a God who breathed into the nostrils of man the breath of life and he became a living soul. I'm talking about a God that when he died, death could not hold him. The devils could not defeat him. And I'm thankful he is a God that can save any individual. You're here this morning, you're not sure you're saved. I'm going to tell you something. You need to behold God, the God of this Bible, because the God of this Bible is the true and living God. The God of this Bible is the one that can make a difference in your life. And listen, this coronavirus has no hold on the Christian. These troubled days in which we live have no hold on the Christian. The amazing thing is, is God has already knew all this stuff was going to go on and God already has a plan and a purpose for your life during this very moment at this very hour in your lifetime. You say, how do I'm going to be able to do that? How am I going to be able to experience? Just behold our God. Behold our God, high and lifted up, exalted on his throne. Behold the God who has provided everything that is necessary for you to be saved, to be redeemed. How did he do that? Through Jesus Christ dying on the cross of Calvary. Let's pray. My Father, I thank you. I thank you so much that you're a God who cares for his people. I'm thankful, God, that you're a God who cares for his creation. I'm thankful that you're a God who came into this world and laid down your life that we might be able to be saved. 
The only thing we're looking for is Jesus Christ. We're looking for our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're looking for the one who can redeem us from all of our sins. We're looking for the one who gives us life that's abundant and free. We're looking for the one, Lord, that's going to take us into eternity that we might be able to have that grand reunion one day. I pray, Lord, if there's someone who's been listening that's not saved, Holy Spirit of God, touch them that they might be saved. I pray they might pray and ask the Lord to forgive them and to wash away all their sins, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Bless the saints of God this morning. Help every believer grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bless us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.